brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Welcome to Knife Talk, the world's number one rated podcast for anybody interested in knives. Hosted by myself, Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives, Marekko Marmasi of Marmasi Fire Arts, and of course, Jeff Fader of Fader Knives. Now, today, we're going to start in slightly somber mood um, due to the re- recent passing of somebody, which uh, I think is, is probably going to affect us all in, in much bigger ways than, we, than we'd ever know. Um, so we've had a number of these sad weeks, unfortunately. But, um, you know, we're together. We can get through this together. And I think this, the importance of this person can't really be missed. I think there's going to be a time where we'll think, you know, there's a time before his passing and a time after his passing, the things will never be the same. But I'm pretty sure that as he walks through the valley of the shadow of death, he takes a look at his life and realizes there's nothing left. Because he's been blasting and laughing so long that even his mama thinks that his mind is gone. But I ain't never crossed a man that didn't deserve it. Maybe treated like a punk, you know that's unheard of. You better watch how you're talking and where you're walking. Or you and your homies might be lined in chalk. That was very Rest sweet. in peace. Rest in peace, Coolio. You are the king of the eulogies. That's, hey. a, cool, that's a coology, I think you'll find. <laughs> <laughs> that was my coology of the week. <laughs> that was good. Oh, man. Oh, you know, I'm starting to enjoy doing these eulogies. I think we should do one a week. <laughs> we should just find any random celebrity who you, dies and do a eulogy every week. You are a fucking ghoul. You know that? <laughs> I know a guy who, uh, who used to be on, on uh, Facebook, and he would eulogize any famous person. <laughs> and it was all the time. And yeah, for years. I, know, and like, I see plenty of them, yeah. And it's yeah. Just, it was just famous people. And they all happen to be white. Only white people. Only white. <laughs> so one time I bumped into him and I said, have you ever thought about, you know, eulogizing someone who's not famous? 
And he just looks at me and I said, and maybe somebody's not just white. And he looked at me and he says, what do you mean? I'm like, well, for the past seven years, all you've been doing is eulogizing famous white people. It's weird. And that was the end of that. And, you know, he blocked me and that was the end of that. Oh, fair enough. Right then. Okay, well, I'm 50-50 white and black so far. So there, right. there's no... Uh, yeah, you're doing good. No and racial prejudices man, and here. And man and woman. Exactly. Exactly. What's next? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, that's, a good, that's a good question. Well, I guess we've got to roll the dice in the future, you know? <laughs> Anyway, how have you both been? Mareko's back. Yes. I'm back. How was Nashville? Uh, it feels good to be back. Nashville, I don't know if you guys have ever been to Nashville. It's no, f- no. fucking crazy. It is so chaotic there. Yeah. The show was on a weekend. The venue was two blocks away from one of the busiest streets in the whole city called Broadway. Um, they It's like four or five lanes wide, maybe six lanes actually. And wow. And they block off Broadway. They allow traffic driving perpendicular to Broadway, but they have cops down there blocking off the road, and it's just filled with people, and the bars are four or five-story tall. There's a band on each level. It's just absolute chaos. And I was walking around with Neil, and we're like, where should we go get a drink? And I'm like, I have no fucking clue. Like, it's just so <laughs> overwhelming. I was like, I'm ready to go back to the hotel, actually. <laughs> wow. wow. Um, yeah, it was kind of crazy. Good food? Eh, yeah. Uh, the last day <laughs> oh, we were there. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. The, <laughs> the last day we were there, we uh, went to a restaurant that had like, it was a kind of a steakhouse with, uh, what is it? Dry-aged steaks and stuff like that. I got a giant um, prime, bone-in prime, a nice fat $89 steak, but it was, it was pretty damn good. I'll tell you what. It was pretty damn good. Nice. Nice. Um, how, but, how was the actual show? Yeah, the show was good. It was interesting. Um, it, it was definitely a, a departure from what I normally have done in the past. And it, what I've done in the past in typical shows is like you're selling your work to the person that's going to be the end user, uh, the person that's going to take the night, whether it's at a show or even online or emails, whatever. The person that's buying it typically, for me at least, is the person that's going to have it until the day they die and or they pass it on to their kid or grandkid or whoever. Mm. Stick it on of, eBay. Stick it on eBay. That's what the old <laughs> cool kids do. Slap did. that bitch on eBay. <laughs> Don't start. So, what's that? Don't start. I'm talking to Craig. Knows something. I, I gotta, we'll talk about it some other time. We'll, <laughs> oh. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Uh Oh, so is this that, is a knife somebody show. Somebody slap one of your knives on eBay. Don't worry about it. This is a this is so you so you got invited to the the arts and metal show. It was a very sp- a high end museum quality knife show. Yeah, there, I mean, I think there's definitely a level of prestige uh, to being invited to a show like this because it's it's very limited people. So they only invite hmm. 25 people, and only I think actually only about maybe 20 or so made it. Um, just because there are issues with people getting COVID and stuff hmm. like that, and so difficulty traveling when you got covid uh and uh and but it was also a very small crowd of attendees um and yeah and and some of the most of the attendees were actually i mean i don't know the people that are buying these high-end expensive knives uh are kind of they're like brokers in a way right uh they Mm. buy and they collect and usually they're trying to find stuff that they like so that if least at the least if if they don't turn around and flip it or get rid of it it's something they like and will keep in their collection and be happy to have, own but a lot of them if somebody will pay the right price they're happy to get rid of it um which is honestly i mean that's totally fine it's just it it was it was 
interesting to be talking to and dealing with kind of the the secondary market people or kind of the middlemen who turn around and try to uh who are doing like some flipping of the of the pieces and the work hmm. um but i i took three pieces uh the knives came out great they all sold and so oh, i got no complaints they cashed it or not cash but i deposited a big fat check today which felt really good and uh yeah uh, yeah, it was interesting. And my buddy and Neil Kamimura, my friend, my homie, was there cruising with me. Uh, so I had a familiar face. Uh, it was great to meet Mr. Nick Angers for the first time in real life. We we chat a bit off li- uh, online, but I've never met him in real life. Um, I didn't once comment about his size. Uh, so big dude. He he's a he's a very large man. Big man. <laughs> call him the, I call him the big man. He's a big guy. He's like six man. five or something like that. Six foot nine. Jeez. He's six what? foot nine. My brother and even... my brother in law wow. is six five. Nick is wow. six foot nine. Is he? Do you say he was six foot nine? Yes. Jesus Absolutely. Christ! I didn't know he was six nine. Yeah, he's a large human, but he's a sweetheart, and he was great to chat with and 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 bullshit with, and it was great. And Ashley Childs was there. It's great to see Ashley. I hadn't seen her in a while. Uh, I got to make new friends with uh, very uh, well-respected makers like Bruce Bump and uh, Del- Delena and um, makers from, you know, South America like Javier Vaught and um, Mauricio. Shoot, I can't remember his last name. but the, And also like legends like Michael Walker, like the guy that invented the cross lock, uh, mm. right? The liner lock um, mm. locking system. He had a piece that sold for at auction for 145K. Wow, it's a spicy meatball. It's pretty, yeah, it's a spicy meatball. So it was interesting. It was crazy to be in the room with that kind of that level of people, and, and uh, but it was also cool and to mm. and to meet some of these purveyors and collectors, and especially developing new relationships with some of these makers who have been in the game for a long time. Um, mm. Who have what? What was your setup there? Was it like a table? How did you display what you had? Yeah, I mean, most shows will provide a table if you buy table you got the table and they'll provide at least uh either a white or a black linen tablecloth and Mm. so i usually like to try to take something though to dress up the table a little bit because otherwise it's pretty plain um and i'm i think me and only uh actually me and two other makers or three other makers dressed up the tables but otherwise everybody had kind of a very a very flat one-dimensional set up and you know the uh the show provides kind of like these mats to for you to put your knife on um the the knives are sold in a in a process that's uh it's a lottery process so you walk up to the table and if you're interested you write your name on a sheet of paper and then at a certain point in the show the maker does a um a drawing like a random drawing uh to randomly select a number and so it's not first come first serve it's randomly selected to for like first opportunity to buy and um and then other people uh, if you brought a certain number of knives then you were uh you could option to auction a knife um and so some some makers most makers with, with multiple knives um uh auction something and but yeah no that was interesting Mm, yeah, then, it sounds it's, yeah, yeah, it sounds like a high end thing, you know. Very, yeah, it's 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 interesting. And the show, which the best part about the show, is that it's, it starts at noon and it's over at four. It's a fucking beautiful. Oh. But if you think about it, 
there's only 25 make or I guess at this show there were about only 20 makers there so you don't need hours on hours and multiple days to see all the pieces that are available to purchase mm. at this you you know this kind of high end show whatever you want to call it and and so it was great there there was so it was a friday this actual show was on saturday friday there was a 4 hour kind of like cocktail hour with hors d'oeuvres and and lots of bourbon and beers and wine and stuff like that on a penthouse at a penthouse like room at the roof of the building where it looked out over Nashville, um, which was pretty neat. Um, nice. And it was a great opportunity to meet some of the makers at that op- at that point as well as some of the potential buyers and collectors. And um, yeah, I, I don't Schmoozing. know. Schmoozing. It's, it's nice. Hit it and quit it. Get yeah. in, get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, look at you. High rolling's nice, nice isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's definitely something I'm not very accustomed to. Um, I mean, I've, I've done some fancy people stuff, but not very little. I had to go to the fucking Goodwill and buy some new slacks. <laughs> Jeez, the, all my old shit has just been sitting around in closets for so long. It's musty and I just needed new shit. So, um, even when I showed up, the dress shoes that I showed up with, <laughs> the, the laces were, like, falling apart. So I had to run down to, like, the Walgreens and buy a new pair of shoelaces. So I felt a, a little bit out of place there for sure because um, that's not happen. how I typically roll. So what? They, you know, you saw Nick was wearing fucking Carhartts, for Christ's sakes. I mean, he, wore... he was looking slick, though. Brand new black pair of Carhartts, brand new Georgia boots. Uh, yeah, he was. He don't give a fuck. Looking clean. No, he did. He doesn't give a fuck. At six foot nine, you Nick Angier, <laughs> you wear what you can. You don't give a fuck. You give very few fucks. Right. Um, yeah. So cool. it's good. What about you, Jeff? How's your last week been? I mean, you know, madness all the time. Good, good. Lots of stuff. Uh, uh, technical errors on podcasts, but other than that, <laughs> uh, the business has been good. Our turkey clubs are all ready to go. We're a couple of weeks early. All of September's out. We're working on October, November, and all of our Christmas stuff. So we're going to have some Christmas stuff available. So we're working on inventory, and that's really good. And, you know, lots of lots of uh, busy, 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 and um, trying to t- soak in as much uh, uh, going to swim meets as possible. So everything's... I got no complaints. I got complaints, but I mean, it's just like we really give a sh- anyone. No one gives a shit. So, are you ready for Maker Camp? You got all ready? ready. I mean, ready. Uh, I have uh, I have some merch coming in that I'm going to bring up, and I have six uh, friction folders that I'm going to just offer up to only people coming to Maker Camp. I'll put them on the yeah. website and You're slinging that dick. Whoa! Sorry, my... <laughs> Whoa, easy. Wait a second. Easy. What kind of fucking thing? What do you mean? Let me sling what kind of that... camp is this? Kind of... All of a sudden, I'm like, wait a second. Hold on. Like I'm all like normal, and now you drop I'm... your keys into a bowl, and then you go home with something. There will special. be no yeah. di- There will be no slinging dick at Maker Camp. Thank you very much. But uh, not yeah. non non related. But what are the what are the sleeping arrangements there? Do you like camp? Do you, well, there's some people camp and there are cabins. And the Modern Forge guys, we've all had a cabin that we've shared every year, and hmm. we'll uh, share a cabin, and that'll be fun. But it's not a lot of sleeping. I mean, it's like the interesting thing is, and I got to be careful because like I, there's, I'm like I've committed to so many things that's maker camp that I can't just kind of go hmm. ber- berserk, but. 
uh, I have like steel prepared. Like I want to, if I can usually we'll be have time to fool around. So I might make a hammer with John or cliff and I brought material to fuck around with to make some tongs, make this, make that other thing. But then I got to, and we got to talk to Mareko because I'm okay. working out the mic system. So a little bit off the record for, I mean, for this would be kind of like a little bit of after show is we should, I'm bringing these mics and all this recording equipment. Well, yeah, to, Keith to make set you camp. up with something, right? No, Jesse oh, gave me something and I Jesse. bought things okay. for full blast and then I'm running a, pa- a panel discussion. But I feel as though we can get something in on a, a knife talk on a Sunday morning. So oh, okay. I'm trying to, because I know that there are a lot of knife makers there. I know the PA crew is there. I'm thinking about how we could do a knife show on the knife. I mean, you and I haven't yeah. seen each other in a long time. I have mic equipment. It'd be crazy not to. So we're going to try to do a knife talk on the road. I think that'd be cool. great. We're gonna try. We're Especially gonna have to Sunday shoot for morning. like Sunday morning, though. It's like I get. I'll send. I'll send it through my eulogy before then. <laughs> well, you can edit it. So here's. So we're gonna. The plan is, and I hate to get. So we. I think that Craig and I should record an episode on next Friday, for Monday, and then I'll do everything I can to make sure we can get the audio and make it good. So maybe the following week we can play the, the. Uh, the knife talk from maker camp but from from make camp right. okay so that's that and uh, everything else is good i you know i i've i've somehow not gotten covid which is crazy and um hmm. like i like I, it's amazing and i feel good and uh, there you go that's it i got nothing else to add nice cool cool craig now that you've you're 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 feeling better about you know you the death of coolio how was your week um well, I thought I did have COVID at one point. Um, I was sick. I was I was two days in bed, oh. which was a real ball ache because um, it's, it's been quite busy here. So, yeah, taking that time out was it was a bit of a nightmare. But um, it's just the kids going back to school and bringing everything back with them. You right. know, all the germs and uh, yeah. So they've been ill. I've been ill again, and oh, it's it's just every time that they have time off and they go back into school, it's the same cycle, a real pain. Um, but no, I'm I'm good now. Um, yeah, I've gone to the shop a little bit, um, you know, catching up old orders. Um, actually did a bit of side work um, on the uh, the build-along knife that we talked about last week. A tactical butter knife. I've got something <laughs> planned. I've got something planned, which which I'll, I'll, I'll do a big reveal on it because it's, it's not really a serious knife. It's just a bit of fun to do when I'm waiting for things to heat treat and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, it's good. It, it's, it's quite fun. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been an okay week, an okay week. Um, can't really complain like yourself. Can't grumble. No grumbling. Well, no grumbling. here's the interesting thing. Knife Talk is sponsored by Evenheat. It certainly is. Knife Talk is sponsored by Evenheat, the manufacturers of the finest heat treat ovens available. To find your next oven, go to evenheat-kiln.com. And you know what? If you want a discount, you could always go to Soul Ceramics. So if you were to go to knifetalk.net forward slash heat that'll take you to Soul Ceramics automatically apply a $75 discount and give you free shipping in the US and I believe they got some units already made ready to ship so you can have it within a matter of days with a discount that link is in the uh, in the description knifetalk.net forward slash heat oh, we've got a lot to get through this week haven't we well we've got a lot we have questions we also have we should be getting calls uh, I put up the bat signal for people to call in the show <laughs> Um, we have, we have a lot to get to. We have listener feedback. We have tough dilemmas. We have a new bit that I want to start. Um, oh. so take your pick. 
Okay, but let's do some feedback. It's always good to start with a bit of feedback. Uh, okay, so guys, if, you wanna, if you're listening to the podcast and you want to interact, the best way to go is to follow us on Instagram, Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram, where you can send us your questions. That's actually how people are going to call into the show. So if you go into DM Knife Talk and we're going to give a specific time, you can call in, Craig will patch you through. So the first bit of feedback comes from Dragon's Tail Forge. Listener feedback. Jeff should do a new bit where Craig and Mareko name an animal, and Jeff has to act out the sound of the animal when it's shitting. The eagle, the eagle pooping roll last week was the hardest I've laughed in a long time. All right, so if you haven't listened to last week's episode, Mareko, when Mareko was in Nashville, we had a very tough dilemma from Eric Markman, and the tough dilemma was a guy was at a knife show. He set his table up, and another guy walked through with an eagle on his shoulder. The eagle was pecking at the... You should listen. It was funny. The eagle was pecking at people while he was passing by. And then as he passed by, the eagle just stopped, lifted up his wings, and sprayed this table with feces. Oh, my God. Eagle shit. How patriotic. How patriotic. So so Craig and I had a great bit on the eagle shitting, and I had made a noise, and this guy says that I should make noises, and you should guess what animal <laughs> is making the noise. But we're not doing that, so let's get I should I should sample that noise, and maybe when I'm in the studio this month, where we're going over to Wales to record, I should maybe use that sample in it somewhere. That was a good, that was probably, <laughs> if we had a highlight, if somebody ever puts together a highlight reel, and Ben Jam and Cocker and the eagle, <laughs> the shitting eagle aren't on it, you've not done your homework. Okay. Kyle Furman says he uh, he adds here's a hot take if you wanted he wanted to put a hot take in all tools no matter how rare are meant to be used and used until they crumble to dust if you want to collect something go collect stamps you're boring old bitty and then mm. I and then uh, I said oh well you know stamps are for putting in the mail I was being a dick and I was like, <laughs> I, was like <laughs> I was like well stamps are for putting in the mail and then he says well I get hot on the collar about tool collectors where I live there's a whole group of retired old timers who have disposable income to go around and buy up all the tools they aren't planning on using them they turn around and they try to sell them for ten times what they're worth then pat mm-hmm. themselves on the back for being good businessmen. The people yeah. most hurt by this, the next generation of makers who won't have access to these tools unless they inherit them or are, are idle rich. But as Jeff says, peace and love, peace and love, I'm with you. Hmm. That's a very good point. Very yeah. good point. People are, sort of, people are making a market by you know hoarding things and then driving up prices. Um, yeah, that's a very good point. Well, that's a uh, we were. T- I was. I had uh, uh, Andrew Alexander on uh, this past week, and I'm going to have him on next week to to kind of finish up. And we were talking about the idea of what the, you know, how what was interesting is we were talking about the fact that how blacksmithing's changed, and is it possible that the blacksmithing business, the anvil business, decided to push, you know, their products towards non-professional blacksmiths, so they made things more approachable like the one of the reasons why anvils are under 200 pounds in most united states is you're not dealing with professional blacksmiths and then all of a sudden two we're talking about collectors and it is an interesting conversation to have mm. i mean yeah. look that they're doing that to, they just did that to Mareko at in nashville they uh they're hoarding his work so he can uh <laughs> driving the price up driving the price up you yeah. know how it is uh, Ronald Knives says, you know, if people are only willing to drink Kopi Lawak co- coffee, they'd actually pay a serious premium for it. I reckon you would uh, make a mint selling Eagle Shit Patina kitchen knives. Uh, <laughs> do you know what that, uh, that Kopi Lawak coffee is? No. I'm not is sus- that the, the shit? Yeah, it's that weird Indonesian yep. cat that uh, like mm. eats the 
coffee berries and they grind they wash them off good and, or maybe they don't and then grind them up <laughs> they grind them up and then they make you that rich dark you know cat shit coffee so. it's the shit that should be their marketing slogan <laughs> yeah. it's the shit um <laughs> and Alf- our friend alfredo faccia pieri faccia pieri faccia pieri that's i'm sorry he's gonna break my balls again i asked what, what what was that what was the balls in the face remember when you used to say oh, that what was Cazzo de Faccio. We uh, should call him Alfredo Cazzo de Faccio. I didn't say Whoa. that. Alfredo, I didn't Whoa. say that wasn't me. He says, Alfredo. Shots fired. Faccia <laughs> Pi- Pieri. He says, I'm laughing since yesterday. The story of the Eagle was the best moment of 2022. <laughs> so, story of the Eagle. The legendary Eagle. That was mm. Eric Markman gave us a fucking beauty on a plate with that one. That was a, that was a dynamite <laughs> bit. Mine was, I laughed very hard at that. Okay, let's let's do a question or two just after this. Right. Combat Abrasives makes the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers. Available in any size at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at CombatAbrasives.com and get 15% off with promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now. Do it now, exactly. Minuteman Forge has DM'd us on Instagram. And remember, we are Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram. And he says, hey, guys. When doing a hamon, is it better to pre-grind bevels or leave it to full thickness? He says, thanks for the tips and tricks. I love the show. Mm. Um, hamon, uh, pre-grind bevels or leave it full thickness? He's saying before heat treatment. Before heat treatment. Yeah. What do you think, Bracco? I think, um, so from what I understand, talking with some of the most talented people uh, or makers that I know, like our friend Jared Ball, or um, there's Jan Hafnik over, gosh, somewhere in Europe. Uh, there's our boy down in Australia. What's his name? Will Morrison? Ah, uh, yes, yes, that was yeah. good because it was like our boy in Australia. Which one? But yes, you were the on the money. Australia? On the money, Will Morrison. I once got in, I once got in trouble to talk to a boy in Australia. <laughs> remember on the show? <laughs> That's a fucking deep cut right there, baby. That's a deep cut. That's a deep cut. Officer, how was I supposed to know his age? <laughs> oh, baby, that's for the Australian. That's for Australian knife talk. Australian <laughs> knife talk. Um, but in conversations with them and seeing their work, uh, they have really active, very detailed hormones. Uh Even our, our buddy Greg Sims. Uh, but the way that that is happening is that you are heat treating the knife somewhat close to it what will become as close as you comfortably can to its finished dimension so yes pre-grinding is key to retaining that hormone because what can happen is if it's full thickness when you put the put the clay on there and blah 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 you go quench it'll quench fine i'm sure but what will happen is some of that hormone some of that like very wispy detail activity is very superficial and then if you go to grind that blade you grind that out and you lose it. So by creating or getting that knife as close to its finished condition as possible before putting clay on oh, the heat treating. Oh, 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 we've got a call. <laughs> so <laughs> we've got a caller. Don't hang up on him immediately. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Knife Talk. How can I help you? What's going on, you guys? Who is Thanks it? Thanks for taking the call. Who is it? Introduce yourselves. This is uh, Brendan from Navigator Knife Talk. Hey Brendan, how are you? What's up, Brendan? How's it going? Good, good. How can we help? You've you you you've called the Knife Talk hotline. How can we help? Alright guys. Here's the deal. I got a hot take for you. I'm gonna keep it nice. No bashing. <laughs> I saw a very recent 
released by a pretty successful knife maker. The blade looks great. I will say that. But it's got a machine feather pattern, small, fairly deep grooves. So, sure, it's probably excellent for food release. But my issue is at what cost? How much time would you have to spend properly cleaning out these grooves? I've never cleaned one. Hmm. So maybe it's not a big deal. I just think ease of cleaning should be considered when you're designing a knife. Good point. Good point. Um, guys, what do you think? Um, lots of grooves in it. Um, could get, you know, lots of, you know, dirty old shit in it over time. Um, you know, it's got to be a consideration, surely, when you're designing a knife that, you know, it needs to be easily maintained. I, I, I mean, I agree. Absolutely. I think it should be, that should be a consideration, especially for culinary knives. Uh, for other hard-use knives and other knives that aren't necessarily coming into final contact with your food, uh, that might not be as much of a concern, say, if it was like a skinning knife or hunting knife or something like that. Um, but if it is a chef's knife and it's it, it's difficult to clean and it's maybe it is retaining stuff and that's coming into contact with new food, uh, that's fucking gross. <laughs> I, would, I would suggest this. I would suggest this. Is it possible that the person making this knife has already kind of addressed this issue? Like maybe it's not carbon steel. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's easy to maintain. Maybe it's not a big deal. Like there's a lot of people who, who come up with these things that, you know, maybe this isn't going to work and you're speculating. And then the person who's actually done the work is saying, well, actually, that's not the case at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? True. Maybe, but maybe not. Yeah. I mean, Send me a link. Yeah. I'm curious. I want to see this thing. Yeah, it's possible. I, I haven't seen any mention of it yet. Right. I've been following the release along. Maybe something will come out now. Who knows? Mm. Yeah, send, send. I think you've already sent the photo, actually, haven't you, right. to the Knife Talk podcast? Yeah, we won't share. Yeah. It. We won't share it, obviously. But um, sure. yeah, my cool. my good, suggestion. Good question. My, it's a good question. My suggestion is always now. Here's an interesting point. I believe that those people who use the horse hoof knives, who make knives at a horse hoof. Uh, horse hoof rasps i believe in my heart of hearts that those are hard to clean out like mm. because we know that they're carbon steel and we know that you got to really kind of clean them and how do you can make sure there's no water in there and what do you got to bring air compressor all the time i would tend to think that a knife maker is doing a production line and it has stuff like that has kind of already dealt with that issue that's my 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 i would think that you wouldn't You'd hope so well i i have i have a i have a, I have a I would imagine that someone on a level that's doing a production line of knives has addressed that issue. Hmm. I, I can't believe you would sink money into something like that and then it not come up at it in nowhere. I know, yeah. but I think there are some people who, if you can sell it, they don't, they honestly, I mean, there's lots of really shitty knives out there with all kinds of weird gimmicks and shit on them. And they don't give a fuck if they can sell it, then they don't care. They're fine. Oh, wait till you see this tactical butter knife. Wait till you see the compass. <laughs> the compass on it is something to behold, I'm telling you. Oh, boy. <laughs> right. Good question. Cheers. Thank you for that. Before you go, favorite joke ever of all time. Oh, boy. Favorite joke. You know what? The joke's probably going to be me trying to think of one on the air. So I'll. Are we at there? You want to be quick. Need dude, to be can't... quick. <laughs> we gave him the opportunity, I'm afraid. Okay. 
That was, that was a good point. That was a good point. And I think, you know, we mentioned earlier about this, you know, people sort of fetishizing knives and maybe they're not going to be used so much as tools. And maybe in that case, that's fine. But if it's a if it's a production knife that people are going to use, it yeah, it needs to be, you know, I maintainable. Just, I just texted it to you, Marekko. My opinion is yeah. I've seen this knife. I, it looks great. I would hazard to say... you in person? No. I've been okay. seen in person. But I would hazard to say that the person who's done this has done enough research and has used this enough that sure. it has taken this into consideration. Sure, yeah. I find I it hard to believe. It I, I recognize the guy. I know the guy. I would hope so as well. I would figure. Uh, the, you'd figure. The grooves do look, at least from photographs, they look kind of deep or somewhat pronounced, but uh, it's. I don't think it's something that you could get in there you know, with a sprayer and like a scrub brush or something like that, but at the same time, you're adding that extra level of care and maintenance that or effort that goes into all that but whatever i tend to i tend to say that this person has figured this out has that he didn't just like you know here's i'm gonna drop all this money and then i didn't think about mm-hmm. that i find that hard to believe yeah or are we shipping the knife with a couple of little strips of rhino wet so people can, <laughs> people can just uh sand out any shit that's left on the blade and you know what? If you want some Rhinoet, the best place to go for it is TexasFarrowSupply.com because they've got not only Rhinoet, everything else that you'd possibly need as a knife maker. Um, so go take a look, TexasFarrowSupply.com. And obviously, they've got Indasa Rhinoet. That's why we're mentioning it. But um, anything that you buy, um, you'll get 10% off if you use Knife Talk 10 at checkout. So go take a look, TexasFarrowSupply.com and fill up that basket with Rhinoet. And in the future, for phone callers, we're here, we're not, this isn't like, we're not judges, we're not juries, we're not executioners. And we're certainly not going to pass judgment on something that we don't know what you're even going to talk about. So like, hmm. just like, let's just be cool in the community. I mean, just because you think you see something, you're not 100% sure. It's like, let's just be cool. You know what I'm saying? No, it, it was a good question though. Uh, so I think, you know, it's, it's a generic question without pointing out any particular makers. I know, but I be fucking you know. vague. You know, it's like, let's just be vague. I mean, <laughs> yeah. be vague. You don't have to be, yeah, you know, yeah. there's a specific guy and his name starts with a, you know, it's, don't be vague. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay. What else have we got? Well, we, I don't think, Marek, I don't know if you finished your question about the, the, uh, the Hamon. Yes. So. Oh, yes. Yeah. So get back to the Hamon. The gist is, yes, you want to pre-grind um, as close as you comfortably can before heat treating. Obviously, if you go too thin, weird stuff starts to happen. Um, and that way, when you go through the heat treat process with the clay on the, on the blade, um, the activity that you are creating is going to still be there after you do a little bit of grinding afterwards and, and refining the edge geometry and stuff like that. Because if you heat treat full thickness you're very likely to grind through probably like 80% of what you've done to try to create an interesting hamon. Um, Also, one of the things that really, hamons really benefit are uh, that transition in a knife from a thicker spine or the thickness of the spine down to a narrow cutting edge. The heat transfer, the way the, the heat is dissipated and removed from the blade also affects how active and creative uh or not creative but just like how active and interesting that hormone ends up being and don't expect it to get it on the first try it i'm still i mean i don't do a ton of hormones that's definitely something i would love to delve into more i think we talked about that before on a podcast but um 
there's there's a lot to learn and understand, especially depending on the type of steel you're using, specific temperatures you're working at, specific oil you're working with, specific temperatures of that oil. All of that shit plays in. There's a lot of mix and matching combinations you can do to really nail it down. Um, but yes, pre-grind. There you go. There you go. Look at you. And back to that, uh, actually, I got gifted one of those Milk Street knives. You know Milk Street? Oh, yeah. The, I got the Kitchinto. Christopher Kimball. Right. The Kitchen, Kitchen, Kitchinto, which is, what a name. I mean, it's K- like, you Kitchinto? know. Kitchinto? Kitchinto. It's just like Kitchen-toe or dough. It's like, I mean, you're trying to... <laughs> I mean, you might as well just do the, the fake Asian handwriting. I mean, it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> These names are unbelievable. It's a great knife. And it has, on either side, it has, like, cut-in grooves where for, like, pinch the pinch grip. It's almost like making diamond plate on the side of the things. Oh. And they're not. I mean, it, I know that other guys, I know that Jesse James did that with his knives where he put, you know, put in these, like, like grips almost. They're not hard to clean up. I mean, I didn't notice that they were like they were like holding fond of food. So, I don't know why I added that. So, are we still here? How's it going? I'm still here. Is, I'm still here. Okay, good. Oh, I had yes, nothing yes. else to add. I mean, that was, that <laughs> okay. was a weird. That was a weird drop. I was like, oh, great, great, great. The podcast is over. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to take the next question then? Uh, let me get back to the, I was uh, sorry. I was Maverick Knifework says, "Hey cuties, I have a question. Is knife making still fun for you guys? Friends always ask me if if going full time is the quote dream. Uh, I always tell them once it becomes a job, it wouldn't be fun for me. So I don't want that. I'm curious if making knives is still fun. Mm, I think the three of us may have different answers yes. here. Yeah, I'm sure we will. Um, for me, it is." Um, because I still have that desire to be making more and there's other circumstances around where I can't be, you know, making as much as I, I want to be. Um, and partly, it's partly that is my fault because I've got a number of other things on the go at the same time. But I think, yeah, it is certainly is fun and it's something that I, I, I want to be and I need to be doing more of. Um, but maybe if I had, you know, 50 hours a week in the in this shop with you know a bunch of orders backed up it wouldn't be fun so much i don't know but but for me it it certainly is and it's something that i want more time to do um jeff your thoughts i I think yours is gonna be very different when it comes to fun i i mean i there are certain things that i like to do when i'm when i have some time off and the time off is usually when my family's not around um I do love forging, and I do love making knives, and I do get enjoyment from making knives. However, mm. I get enjoyment from I, every morning I wake up and I'm excited to go to work, even though it is always a lot of work to do. And it's because I'm appreciative of the fact that we're making it happen. And, and that mm. is the part that it's the satisfaction of where we have a game plan, we're sticking to the game plan, and I'm meeting my deadlines, and that is and some parts aren't you know fun like going fishing or something like that some parts are just like hard work but at the end of the day you look and say i fucking worked hard and i it worked so fun mm. is that's fun for me now do i on my day off am i going to want to make an eight inch k-tip no but at the same time it's just like <laughs> do i i mean do i need to like i'm excited to go to maker camp and the stuff i'm going to make like i'm like i like making friction folders i really like 
figuring out better ways to do it. I like, I love mm. making tongs, figuring out better ways to do it. I like to make, you know, learn how to make hammers with John and all those guys. And fun is, is, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I would, I don't know what I call fun. You know, I'm looking forward okay, to okay. the Yankee game tonight. That'll be fun. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, let, let's let Morocco answer as well. Then I've got maybe a um, a circumstance. Then we maybe find out what our real answers are. Right. Okay. Mm, interesting. Okay. Um, yeah, I think for me, I mean, honestly, <laughs> a, a couple of years back, knife making was not as fun, uh, and that's because of the way I was. Honestly, it was more. It wasn't necessarily the work. It was just the way I was running it as a, running things as a business. Mm. Uh, we've made changes. Things are a lot better. Um, you know, I've gotten to the point where I built up reputation and demand for my work that, that demand is there, which is good, um, which helps me sell stuff. But now I'm starting to branch out into kind of another, um, aspect of the knife making, which is trying to do more around educating and teaching other people now and pass on some of that, the knowledge and understanding and, and stuff that I've, I mean, obviously I've been doing that the whole time, but actually like teaching in person. Um, mm. and teaching classes and so it's kind of for me it's a it's somewhat of an evolution in that way um that keeps keeps my interest peaked and curiosity and 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 honestly continues to challenge me because the, the educational side of things is very challenging for me i i i learn a lot from observation and 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 so for me to try to turn around and ha- and try to figure out how to explain things is very different for me because when I'm learning something from somebody I don't do a whole lot of question asking I kind of stand there and watch them, and and that's it. Um, so it's a it's a whole new uh, learning experience for me as well as trying to um, yeah I don't know I, I have I've talked about before I have some pieces that I would uh, projects that I would really like to. Um, try to get into s- some museums, ideally into a museum, if not at least be part of like a scholarly paper based around these historical patterns that were made in ancient Rome um, that I kind of figured out how to make that nobody's made before. And But it's, it's finding, I think the key is to keep finding ways to pique your interest and curiosity and, and your you know, constantly learning. I, I, I see makers who, who have been making knives for 20, 30, 40 years and who are basically doing the same stuff. They, they like really nailed down after doing it for like maybe five or 10 years and they're still doing the same shit 20 years later. I'm like, I don't know how I could do that. I, I honestly, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know if I will be making culinary knives in the next 10 years. I don't know where I'll be, what I'll be doing. Um, but I'm sure I'll make some culinary knives, but I, I would rather be doing other kind of personal, like my own personal exploration and understanding of various aspects of knife making as well as the teaching aspect and uh, and some historical stuff. Hmm. Yeah, I'd rather be doing personal exploration as well. Yeah, I bet you would. <laughs> you, I know, okay. You love, I bet you that. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you do some personal exploration, dirty bird. <laughs> That's what I call it. Is that what you're doing in those There's... soaks, in those uh, tub soaks? Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, here's here's a uh, theoretical um, thing that could, that could happen. Okay. okay, go ahead. You get a, a letter through the post tomorrow saying that <laughs> Coolio is actually your great uncle, 
which you never knew about. Wow. And he's left you 15 million in the in a will. So you can you can go buy a big property with with a big old barn or you could do whatever you want. What would you do for the rest of your life? You don't have to work. You've got 15 million in the bank. You don't have to work. Would you feel the need or would not the the need, the desire? There's no need anymore. Would you have the desire to make a knife still? That's a I, good that's a good one. I would. Because for mm. me, like this work it has been my way of defining myself. Uh, it, it it didn't I mean, it started out as a business. Um, but it's always yeah. been a part of who I am, how I identify myself as a craftsperson, as a human being. Um, it's always been an extension of myself. Um, you know, if if money wasn't an issue, I 100% would still be making knives um, just because mm. that's what I do. That's how I that's who I am. Um, and I would probably do. I'd probably do more of the educational stuff because I don't have to, because honestly, like teaching doesn't necessarily pay very well. Um, and so if money wasn't an issue, then I could afford more to get out and travel around and do demonstrations at hammer various hammer, hammer ins and events and, and teaching engagements and, and, uh, yeah, I hmm. I'd probably try to do a, a bit as much uh philanthropic work that's actually honestly if money was an issue i would do some fucking bonkers crazy ass builds and then auction those fuckers off for as much help like work to help get as much money for those things as possible all that money goes to those things so um, you you set an alarm to get up at six thirty in the morning to get up in the cold I don't, I don't do that right on. now. What the, what the oh, fuck are you talking okay. about? <laughs> okay. Craig, Craig, why would you even say that? You're not even... Are you an early riser? Are you getting up at six o'clock in the morning? Well, yeah, we've got three kids under three, of oh, course. Yeah, yeah. Well, under four. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, I guess I am getting up at about six, six thirty. So, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe. Uh, Jeff, what do you think? You've got 15 million in the bank. You don't have to work anymore, but you've got to do something with your time. I, I would... I mean, my whole family, we're all... They're my sisters, my dad, we were sculptors, you know, so it's like, mm. and he would be the whole idea of making, I used to say about making sculpture and this applies to anything is if you were on a deserted Island with no hope of rescue, would you make sculpture? And the answer, if the answer isn't yes, then you're not a sculptor. So mm. like I am that person, like I would be making something for sure. And I for sure would probably want to make knives. I like the idea of making something that you can give something to someone for their to feed their family or to use in their in their home. I love it. I love it. So I would definitely keep going. Yeah. Okay. Now we do. Ha- well, what was your answer, Craig? You're fucking away. Yeah. Off. You're gonna get the fucking guitar and take your clothes off. No, and- no. I'm I'm like the biggest fantasist in the world. So I'm always thinking of this. I'm gonna win the lottery. I'm gonna have some. Coolio's could be my great uncle, for example. Whatever it may be, um, and. Yeah, I've given it lots of thought, and I think I would have. Um, and funny enough, over the last last couple of months, we've actually looked at a few sort of venues where there's a possibility, but it's it's looking more and more distant now, of of getting like a big old barn somewhere. Um, and I mean, this used to be a business that I had back in the UK, but this was more for sort of um, web stuff. You know, it was it was called Founders Hub, and people could come there and work. It was like an like an open work kind of place, you know. But I'd love to have an old big old barn, fill it with lots of machinery, whether it's knife making or whatever it may be, even like a recording studio as well. For anybody to come and just make stuff, 
and it would be it would be called the Makery, and um, it would just be open for anybody to use. Anybody creative could just come and use it all and make stuff. And I'd just hang out there all day, just, you know, making whatever I fancied, whatever, you know. That would be, like, the ultimate. You know, there's no pressure. You just go. You just indulge any sort of whim that you have. Um, I'd, I'd love that. So, yeah, I've, I've given it a lot of thought. You, you'd enjoy people just fucking around and making bongs and stuff? That's no, 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 no. You know, no. dude, you're going to sit there. You're not going to judge the things that they're making. Oh, God, what is he doing? That's the, that's the problem, I suppose, yeah. isn't it? You've got no, yeah, yeah. Oh, I my suppose. God, he's making a bong? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> It's true. You know you do like yeah. the guy comes in, he's like, I'm here to make knives and you're looking at the knives like, Oh my god, what are you yeah. doing? But but that's my that's the dream for me anyway, to have a big, huge old place with any sort of machinery that I like, whether it's whether like I said, whether it's knife making stuff or whether it's, you know, woodworking stuff. Just have it all there and just be able to go and, you know, spend time. I suppose in solitude would also be pretty cool as well. Yeah. You know, having none of that pressure of other people. But I do like I do like being, you know, it's something that I do miss here because I, I don't have it. And when I was back in the UK, I, you know, I'd go to work every day at Founders Hub and there'd be lots of other creative people there and it'd spark all these different ideas. And, you know, I'm, my brain's broken. You know, I, I have, you know, like this this sort of tunnel i have this idea in my head and that's all that matters you know so having no limitation to that just like well, just go with that that's fine if you want to do that just do that having no pressure like, i've got to do that today i've got to do that who'd just be who'd just be the awesome awesomest actually uh, awesomest awesomest. Yeah, awesomest is fine no awesomest. and i actually i'm gonna tag on to yours because when i first started my business i i wanted to create a kind of a, a creative hub where people could come together hmm. and, and make stuff and I, I agree. I would like to do something along those lines. Can as I well. give you a tip if you're doing that? Can I call it? Um, if it's going to be, the if it's going to be a hub, well, well, no, the, the, the makery is what I'd call it. But if it's going to be a hub, don't call it, for example, Maker's Hub, because mine was called Founders Hub. Okay. And somebody pointed out to me that the sign actually said Founder Shub, <laughs> and they laughed. And I was like, what, "What are you laughing at?" And they're like, "Do you know what a shub is?" And I didn't. And I googled shub. And what is a shub? Yeah, and, it's a fucking podcast. It's a shit in a tub. Oh, for it's... fuck's sake. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, so your kids are a bunch of shoving. Oh, oh, yeah. just Thank a second. God. We've, we've, Thank God. We've got a call. Just a second. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Knife Talk. How can I help you? Hi. So, um... Is Morocco there? Yo. Well, who is this? <laughs> Morocco. It's okay. your, your mum on the phone. Who is this? <laughs> who this? Um, hey, so um, I'm currently etching a... Wait a second. Persian Wait a second. Oh, slow, slow, a down. Second. slow down. Whoa, 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 whoa. You need to introduce yourself. Yeah, what do you think who this is? This is the fucking hotline, for Christ's sakes. So just straight to his home. Right, right, right. the emergency okay, hotline, so, yeah. Um, <laughs> I am Drew Leininger. I'm a knife maker. I'm 18. Welcome um, to the show, Drew. What's up, Drew? Yeah, thanks for having me. So, anyway, I am etching a uh, about a 10-inch long Persian Damascus spider blade okay. right now. And I I think I've seen, it was either Moreco or Neil Kamamura, but they did like a hot wax finish, and I just did that to the blade. I have it here Okay. Um, for those of you that can see. We can't see. And I really like the finish. It made it look nice. But I was wondering how easily will that wax come off to you then? 
Uh, so for this Persian fighter, I'm going to guess that nobody's going to be stabbing and slashing anybody. So it's probably going to be pretty good for a while. Um, yeah. What's nice about those wax finishes is that they're easy for the owner to reapply if they so if they think it's needed. Uh, something that's nice uh, to possibly send along with the knife, um, either for this one or in the future, are what are called sunshine polishing cloths. They're like these little soft yellow polishing cloths that are about a 4,000 grit. Uh, but it's it, it's impregnated in this gentle, like this soft cloth. And typically they're used for polishing jewelry. If, a, if an owner sees anything kind of weird... Um, they can kind of get in there with that gently and brighten things back up and probably hit it with wax again. Um, I even do that with my chef's knife. If I decide I want to start, I want to, I want the, to remove the patina off the 15 and 20 and make the contrast pop again. I'll hit it with that sunshine cloth. It'll pull the patina off. It'll bring back that contrast and that luster. And then uh, I'll just hit it with wax again and it'll be ready to rock and roll. Uh, but for a knife that isn't, that's going to be, no offense, but a shelf queen uh, or a display item. Damn, um, no offense. You, with dis- with respect. With with res- love and respect, it's gonna be sitting on its fucking ass. Shelf no. queen. Never heard of shelf queen before. <laughs> um, like shoves yeah, I, I made it more as a display knife than anything. Well, but yeah, yeah, and it's um, just the reality. Yeah, I just wanted yeah. to know that. Yeah, it should be good. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. cool. Thank you. Cool, Drew. Favorite joke before you go quickly. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Oh, we got it. We got it. We got it. You got to go, mate. You got to go. <laughs> I will. I know he's already gone, but I do have one follow up. Uh, often when I have knives uh, where I've made the blade, uh, but it's waiting to be handled or like get a handle attached to it or something like that, and uh, they've already been finished ground, and, but I know they're going to be laying around the shop for a long period of time. I will hot wax them, and I've had knives mm-hmm. that have been laying around the shop for three four five six months they, they look the same as they did actually i have one that's been in the shop for a year and a half it looks the same as it did the day i put it put that wax on wow so so how would you put on a wax fin a hot wax finish oh cashback is not available on gas in new jersey and wisconsin hey good morning you're heading the airport right yeah thanks for checking i like the car how long have you been a rideshare driver about three years now i really enjoy it isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high not for me i use upside the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy wait a minute are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the upside app yep i get real cash back every time i get gas does that actually add up to anything I'll make around 200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus. Is Mareko there? Yeah, Mareko. Excuse me. I want to speak to Mareko. Hello and welcome to Knife Talk. How can we help you? Afternoon, gentlemen. Who is I it? Have, Who, introduce yourself. Is, Who are we speaking uh, to? People's manners. This is uh, Ryan Brewer. I'm on Instagram as Brewer Blade. Yeah. Oh, what's up, bud? Congratulations on your, hey. uh, on your Journeyman Smith designation. Absolutely. Did you get oh, thank that, you very somebody? much. Uh, no, the sword is still looking for a new home, but that is not the reason for the call. All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> no pimp in the sword. But I appreciate, okay. <laughs> appreciate you bringing it up. Okay. It might be a question, might be a dilemma. Okay. So I'm a, I'm a part-time maker. Uh, this fall, I would like to make uh, a few nice chef knives. I have the opportunity to either sell some of these knives to, you know, directly to customers at you know the price I'd like to ask for them, or I have the opportunity to sell these knives to um, I, I don't know if it'd be right to call them purveyors or or resellers, but reputable folks yeah. like like our buddy Abe over Eating Tools. Right. Hmm. What's more valuable for someone in an intermediate point in their career? Is it more valuable to get a higher price and maybe reinvest into tooling, or might it be more valuable to kind of extend the reach and the you know, the, the impact of your work through, you know, the, the publicity that these guys would do for you. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Look at you, Ryan, with a real good question. Real yeah. good question. Real I, I good think good it, question. I think it depends on where you're at, if you guys don't mind me kicking it off. Go I think ahead. it depends on where you're at. Do you need more tooling? Uh, if that's the case, then, yeah, maybe you sell them for more uh, so you can tool up. But uh, long-term, like if this is what you want to do long-term, long-term is – brand awareness or people being aware of who you are and the quality and the level of your work that you're doing is crucial and being associated with respected purveyors or dealers like Abe Shaw or Daniel Malley at Blade Gallery or something uh, something along those lines those will really help um, to push you uh, up to the higher levels and and they they kind of vouch for you in a way uh, your your quality by association. I mean, I'm sure you're a quality already, but the hardest part for any of us is, and especially for c- potential customers and clients, is to to feel confident in the thing that they're spending potentially thousand, couple thousand, three thousand, whatever amounts of dollars on. Um, and so, purveyors like Abe at Eating Tools really help solidify that confidence, and it, it could also help honestly push your prices up. Hmm. Hmm. I'm sort of thinking the other way, to be honest with you. Sure. I'm thinking if you're just starting out and you've got the opportunity and I don't know whether you, when you say you've got the opportunity, whether you've got buyers ready to buy. Um, if that's the case, you don't need the help of somebody else. Just do your own thing and let that snowball itself to uh, take 100% of what you have. And if, and if you've got you know, a waiting list of people waiting for your blades, then you can up your prices anyway because you know that demand is there. Um, I just think being a complete control is, for me, would be more important. Um, 
certainly see what Morocco's saying. Um, but I think if you've got the opportunity and you've got buyers there ready, I mean, that's why you'd be using a third party to find your buyers. If you've got the buyers, hey, take take the money. Sure. That's a good answer, too. Yeah. What do you got, Jeff? I, well, some of them might not, you know, might not like this answer, but I mean, I mean, that is the way it is. I love Abe because I know that he knows a lot of – we have friends in common. I've had a conversation with, with Abe. I am an Abe fan. Abe Shaw, I am a fan of Abe Shaw. I'm a fan of a lot of these guys. However, mm. some of them are pimps, and that's just the way it is. <laughs> and, 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 and you can take it however you want. And, and I am not – I mean, I'm just saying that the concept of a broker or a gallerist, it's a pimp. And, and, and I'm for it. But just know, I think that like what what, Mareko, what Craig said is right, what Mareko has said is right. I believe a lot of times people want to work with galleries because they don't want to have to deal with sales. Like they want someone else to deal with it. They want, and, and Abe does an amazing job. He takes. I get messages from people, you have no idea what pictures he takes. He does a great job. He's a great guy. He gives a lot of value to the people he represents. And like Mareko says, he vouches for him and the people that he's around he vouches for i mean it's like it is a Mm. great opportunity it's a question of what you're willing to swallow is really what it comes down to and it's like or or give up i appreciate that you know and i (laughs) frankly i had i was in a number of years ago we were involved with this outdoorsy uh well-represented business and it was like outdoorsy hipster we had a great spot in a cabinet in a in this like hipster new york place and it was like cool and they had money and everything like that these fucking people just like closed up and left and it was like and i i lost two knives i lost sculpture the and I, but the thing is, is i just didn't like going in and having to deal with the fact that eh, they didn't sell or they're not going to sell or what's your mm. you know what maybe business is not good or i didn't like any of that and i hated it mm. so i don't i won't do it anymore so to, to the last piece of the oh, I, I just want to build. If I may, yeah, I appreciate all their. So go ahead. All right, the last <laughs> piece of the puzzle that I'm considering is whether it's the case that there might be a a group or a class of buyers who you know one maker on their own might not really be able to access just because they're not looking in the same places as you know I can reach on my own. It's I've been told that there may be, you know, this, this type of buyer you really won't reach unless you do go through, you know, a, a mm-hmm. dealer of this kind. I don't know if you have specific thoughts on that. Well, I think yeah. that goes back to the confidence in what they're buying and where they're spending their money, right? Um, sure. And, and so I think that's probably the biggest reason why those people only go through the these reliable systems or, or or galleries or whatever is because they have confidence in the gallery to pro- to provide a quality uh product to them or to purvey a quality product um but to build on what jeff was saying about the people pimping them they are kind of pimping them and that's kind of what you pay for um for that exposure because if you think i i've said this before but i think if somebody's going to work with a purveyor or a dealer of some sort, you got to look at them like a business partner. Because, like, Jeff, you have a business partner, and your business partner gets a cut of the sale, uh, whatever you guys make, right? And that's the same thing that a, a gallerist would do, especially, like, especially reputable guys like Abe, right? They're, they're there to help promote. They're not trying to screw makers over. Uh, he's, he's doing things in a very respectful way, I believe. 
Um, and so working through, working through him is, is, I think is a great opportunity, um, to create more awareness. And, and like Ryan, like what you're saying, there are people who only, they don't cruise through Instagram. A lot of people who are willing to spend more money on a thing aren't necessarily in the places that we're spending our times as makers on Instagram, on Facebook, whatever the fuck they're going to reputable dealers. And because of that, I'm actually with the amount of awareness and exposure that I have, I, I am considering selling my work through Abe Shaw or Daniel Malley or, you know, Cotillier New Orleans for that exact reason is to tap into a, a resource of people who have money to spend, who do not play in the same sandbox as me. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Right. Cool. That was well, thank you very much, gentlemen. I think that's pretty comprehensive. I'd like Ryan, to see what I've, wait, got, I've got to say, second, Ryan. Wait a second. Ryan, okay. <laughs> okay. I want to tell you not only are you journeyman Smith, but you're a journeyman Smith phone caller. These were excellent. We're giving you the designation journeyman Smith <laughs> phone caller to wow. Knife dude. You know what? That's what I was going to say because not only has he come up with a great question, um, and he's you know he, he's given us all something to talk about, not just you know a simple question. He didn't just ring up and say, "Hello, is Morocco there, yeah. please?" <laughs> because you know I'm not I'm not Morocco's secretary like like we've had earlier in the show. Um, but also, he did the right thing. He turned his camera straight off, so there's none of this awkward me and him eyeballing each other while Morocco's talking. It's professional grade call that is journeyman, professional grade call. Journeyman Smith all the way around. Yeah. Look, right. right I'm well, not... I didn't call in to become a teacher's pet, but I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> I'm not going to do the usual. Tell us your favorite joke. You don't answer in time, so I cut you off. But I will say, fuck. He just called. He just the little bastard. Did he fucking ring you off? He's yeah, the he master. Did. He's now a master. He's now a master bladesmith caller He's... now. <laughs> He fucking got you. That's master level shit right there. And you know what? I wasn't going to get him either. I was going to oh, let that wow. one slip. Ryan Brewer. Oh, Brewer Blades. That was the perfect call. Master Smith caller. Great. Master <laughs> Smith caller. That was some Batman shit right there. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, I didn't see that coming. Oh. That's what she said. All right. So here's what we got, guys. Here's what we got. I don't know if we finished our last. We have tough scenarios, and we also have a new bit. We have a new bit. Okay. You line up your new oh, bit. No. I'm going to tell all our Canadian listeners, which I love very, very much, um, all about Maritime Knife Supply um, because they're great. They're based in Canada, but they, you know, they've got you know steel belts, handle materials, tools, forges, kilns, and more from all around the world. The best stuff. Um, so if you're in Canada or even if you're in the US, you know you need to go to MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. They even sell Rhino Wet and all all the good stuff. So if you're making knives, head on over to MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. They've always got deals on packs of belts and all that kind of stuff. Um, Lawrence is a good guy. Follow them on Instagram as well, Maritime Knife Supply. There we go. Um, Jeff, what have you got? Something new for us? This came through just this morning because I, I am a subscriber to Blade Magazine, the world's number one knife, and then the knife is covering whatever they're the number one knife of. I don't know why they're their slug line. They cover their slug line. So it says the world's <laughs> number one nigh, and then the I don't know what the hell the rest of it is, but um, I like they it. They cover their slug line. Was that Razzle that you received? Not, uh, <laughs> not, not No. Blade. But you know what? It's funny that you say that because um, this bit comes, this bit came this morning because uh, we're going to call this bit unintentionally funny knife stuff. 
You know, we okay. say things that, you know, people make jokes, especially like civilians. When you say full tang or or hidden tang, they say, what about poon tang? And you know that I'm talking about that? What about poon tang? And you talk cross peen. Oh, I like a cross peen, but I fucking peen. All right. I was flipping through Blade Magazine and I found an article called The Beef Chief. <laughs> this, this was Razzle. <laughs> That's why me. I started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> you can't make it up and it's unintentionally funny because i'll tell you what it gets better the reason why it's unintentionally funny is because they don't realize how funny this article is it's uh the spec sheet the title is called beef chief <laughs> beef chief i've been called worse <laughs> the beef chief and the slut they're they're reviewing a knife and it and it's called the milf point zero two you are completely I making this up. I swear to Christ, it's <laughs> called, when it comes to heavy duty, the MILF-02 brings it. So this knife oh, is God, called is the MILF. Is that an acronym of some sort? One would wonder. I mean, so the MILF point, it's a, free, it's a, it's a folding knife. It's called the MILF.02. The MILF-02 folder from Hardcore Hardware. So, <laughs> I'm making this up. Making it- I'm telling you, somebody's done that thing. You know where you um, uh, you change the cover of a match. So you've got a copy of Razzle, and they've just put the blade. They've just put the blade they, cover they, on they the front. The inside. Then I, I gotta take a fucking. I don't have time to take a picture. So this is why it's unintentionally funny because Blade Magazine doesn't realize that hardcore hardware is fucking with them. Hardcore. Oh, now, wow. P.S. Uh, I mean, not fucking with them, but I mean, P.S. When you start to Google hardcore hardware, you oh, got to be real careful. So I had to Google hardware, hardware, hardcore hardware knife, and it's an Australian company called Hard Hardcore Hardware. So, but so this review, which is totally normal, of the MILF zero point two, and Jeez. if you don't know what the acronym, the normal acronym for MILF is, I mean. Fucking Google it and razzle, I guess. So, so I just wanted to read off. And the reviewer, God bless him, but he doesn't realize this is funny. All right? So, Beef Chief. <laughs> the MILF 02 from Hardcore Hardware is made for the hardcore users. It's big and beefy all the way around. It has a dimple <laughs> texture handle and a frame for excellent non-slip grip and a classic drop point blade shape. Uh, and then wow. it's a heavy duty, but it has to cut. The right off the bat, this MILF sliced twenty pound bond <laughs> copper paper copper uh, po- uh, copy paper smoothly. And then uh, there's another segment. I grab one of these eight ounce some eight ounce leather, and the MILF was aggressive with every cut. <laughs> and it uh, <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> the the the, the, the half inch sisal rope was next on the slicing block, and the MILF crunched through two hundred clean cuts very quickly showing no sign of slowing down she's fucking she's hot. known for it the yeah. report card is uh the milf is a heavy duty using folder that holds a great edge it's too it's too big for my taste but it's cutter but it a uh, cutter it is nice so oh, unintentional okay. funny shit and i'm telling i mean i was reading it and i was just like why would they call this the beef chief and i was like you're telling me the name of this knife is the milf 02 mm. And there, there was a hardcore hardware. Hardcore Jesus hardware. Christ. You know what? I'm fucking congratulations. I'm sending this to you. 
I'm congratulations to Hardcore Hardware for getting this down the line. They obviously knew what they were doing. I mean, this wasn't like mm. a mistake on their part. So, wow. so from what I wow. want you guys, the listeners to the podcast, I want you to do is number one. Send us unintentionally funny stuff. And the unintentionally funny part is that Blade Magazine did review and decided to call it the fucking Beef Chief. <laughs> uh, so I, I did a little looking. So they, it's short. MILF is short for Mill Spec Folder Series. Right. That's what they thought. Right? And Mill Spec is short for Military Grade or Specialized for Military. Um. So, so this is you're saying that this is a coincidence? No, no, no. I think they're definitely they knew what they were doing. Yes, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I think it was very craftily worded. (laughs) Hardcore hardware. I fucking salute you. (laughs) And to all the people who read Blade magazine who says we're too filthy and we should be, you should have us on Blade Mm -hmm. magazine. We would have a great segment on Blade magazine because, like, I mean. I mean, they, I mean, this is funny to me, the beef chief. So I send you a picture, Craig. I mean, it's the MILF 02. Oh, let's have a look. Beef chief. The beef chief. Wow, she's a big girl. Wow. Yeah. So Thick send in all in. the right places. All right, baby. So, all right, so, so for, if you're listening to this podcast and you find something in the knife-making world that's unintentionally funny, send it our way. We'll read it. There we so. go. Okay. Okay. I think we tell everybody about Dharma Steel. Um, I'm not sure if I can tell people, but I'm going to. Uh, November 12th, they're doing a, a DCI, the Dharma Steel Chef Invitational again. And um, we're involved. We're going to do another show again. So we're going to have great fun. Um, but if you don't know what Dharma Steel is, where have you been? It's a premium, premium grade stainless Damascus. Um, they do awesome, awesome patterns. That, that you know They repeat so well as well. So if you've got one piece and get another piece next month, if you've always got the same pattern, it's gonna, it's, they're going to work well together. Uh, take a look, dharmasteel.se. Um, but also take a look at their Instagram, which is Dharma Steel Lab, because um, you'll see some of the really cool stuff that people are making with Dharma Steel. And, it, you know, it's not just knives, it's jewelry. It's all, it's all just basically high, high-end stuff. Uh, so go take a look. And if you're looking to, you know, make high-end stuff yourself, um, you can get a discount on your Dharma Steel by using Knife Talk at checkout once you've registered, and you'll get 10% off your order as well. Uh, but seriously, go take a look. DharmaSteel.se. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful stuff. Okay, where are we? We have tough scenarios, we have questions, whatever you guys want to do. Uh, let's do a tough scenario then, okay. Okay, guys, once again, okay. listen to Knife Talk, follow us on Instagram, and send in your tough dilemmas. Hi, greetings, gentlemen. I have a tough dilemma for you. I've been listening to this podcast for quite a while, and I enjoy it. The hosts seem like decent blokes, but they insist that they're not flea bags. My dilemma is, is it turns out that they are complete flea bags. Do I continue to listen and give them the benefit of the doubt, or do I bin them off? P.S. I'm not naming names, but you might know who they are. <laughs> so, um, who was this again? I forgot. I lost his name. Ah, uh, you yeah. know what? I'll fucking find his name. <laughs> I'll find his name. Go ahead. And I have something to tell, say. So what's the dilemma again? Sorry. He wants to know if he should... Bite us off! Bite us off! <laughs> oh, it's, easy, it's easy. speedster stoves. This was speedster stoves. Speedster stoves. Here's the problem, and I've and I've said this, and I, this is actually the last three weeks we've had. I call people flea bags because I, I if you listen to the 
last episode of Full Blast, I explained where flea bags comes from. I was the flea bag. You know, I, back in the day, it's a long story. I'd listen to my, uh, Full Blast. If you can find me a podcast that's a weekly maker podcast that's been going on for five years every week without, okay, we take a little vacation here and there, but you can find me a, 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 a podcast in the maker community, not even just the knife community, in the maker community, that's as good as ours or better, I will promote them the shit out of them because you won't find them. <laughs> I, won't, I, I suggest you won't find a better podcast in, that has been doing a weekly podcast for three years. You know what? I don't think you can find a podcast that's been in for two years straight that's been in that's worth a damn. So if you want to go find somebody else, go find somebody else. I don't blame you. But in regards to the technical errors, I take full responsibility for all of them. But it's not your fault. It's nobody's fault. Uh, I, uh, you know what? But, you know, we were talking about this before we went on on you know live today. We were talking about um, how we managed to do this, and we we're always coming up with new bits, and we're not repeating ourselves. Because, you know, it's, it's lim- what we do, you know, people have been doing it for thousands of years. I'm not talking about podcasts. I'm talking about, you know, making knives. So there's, there's not many new things we can talk about. Um, but I think we do a very good job. You know, we're going to pat ourselves on the back. Let's do it properly. We do a very good job of making things fresh and coming up with new stuff. And, yeah, people may complain that we don't talk about knives, you know, 100% of the time. But that would be boring as fuck, let's face it. <laughs> so, I yeah, I think I think – you know, stick with us. Stick with us. The, the thing that drives me crazy, and Craig and I talk about this a lot, is the technical issues. Like, if we didn't have to work on mm. the technical issues, like two weeks ago, Mareko had problems that we didn't know was happening. There was no way for At us. At the time, yeah. There was no until, way, until we'd finished the show. There was yeah. no way for us to know. And it was a great podcast. I mean, that was the thing about it that was so bon- it was so, It wasn't like a, uh, you know, uh, we were mailing it in. It was great. And mm. the problem is, is the technical stuff is the stuff that makes me want to quit. And it's the same thing that happened. So on Monday, Craig couldn't, I mean, this was totally out of our hands. Craig couldn't post because somehow Hurricane Fiona was interfering with something with the podcasting hosts. You couldn't mm. even get in. It's not our fault, but at the same time, I'm getting messages like, I thought you guys are, you guys are the flea bags. I mean, have some <laughs> fucking respect for people in tornadoes and hurricanes, for Christ's sakes. Jesus. Be a little bit yeah. like, you know together here yeah but i mean you know yeah. i think he was he was just having a blast having a laugh but i think so I, however i, think so, I do yes, take i do take the technical issues i take them very i take them personally in the response i always think i should have done something i should have done i always take them very hard <laughs> and it, it's, it's one mm. of those things but uh he it, no, it's just disappointing because we, we put a lot of time into this and you know over the weekend that i'm doing stuff ready to get them live on monday and stuff so it, it is disappointing but you know sometimes it's out of our control and, but what i will say whenever we get i mean this guy was obviously just he's killing, pulling he's our killing. chain he's not he's not he's not being serious but what whenever we do get somebody who maybe leaves a, a comment or you know, a review or something that's not too good. Believe me, they're still listening. They listen the next week to see if they've been mentioned. There's no doubt about it. Or you could listen to the handmade podcast. Oh, they're not. Why not? Or they're yeah. not. Oh, they're not. I forgot. They're not doing that anymore. Or you could listen <laughs> really? to. I could, ah, or you yeah, could listen yeah. to somebody else. I can list off. I can list off 10 names of podcasts. They just don't do it anymore. You know, mm. like I said, yeah. find someone better than you find someone better than me. I'll tell I'll t- I. In the maker community, you find a podcast better than us. I'm looking forward to listening to it. All right, the challenge is yeah, but it's got here's the rules. It's got to be it's got to be consistent for at least three years. It should be three years. Three years of consistency. I'm gonna gonna drop one now. Then straight off, 
um making it um Duresta and um it's fine dave Pachuto and you oh, think it's better than this one I wouldn't say it's All better, right. but they're certainly consistent. They've been doing it for longer than they're, us. Yeah, um, of course. Every, every week. It's, yeah. And, um, and no, it's good. I'm not saying, you know, that it's very good. I already enjoy it. So, okay. Um, yeah, I'll, it's good. I'll talk to Jimmy yeah. uh, next week. Yeah, you know, there we go. Fine. Yeah. Well, there's one off the top of my well, head. I'm just, there must be more, but yeah, we're up there. We've got to be up better. there. But I mean, I'm fine by me. I'm with you. I, I know, Jimmy. I got, I got to give Jimmy somebody. I mean, look, it's not better. Fine. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm th- I know how to do radio, guys. Uh, the next thing he says is there's also a question regarding sharpening for you. When a Sabatier-style knife has been hard u- has seen hard use in multiple sharpenings, the bolster can protrude past the edge looking weird and affecting the cutting performance. How do you deal with that? And another, you know, this guy slags us off and he's asking us a million questions. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, it's like you have some fucking nerve. I mean, you have some fucking nerve. I mean, this is like outrageous. And then another one. Can you explain the anatomy of a chicken wing to us Brits? Flats? What are flats? Keep up the good work. And then he, he signs off a germ because we see ladies and germs. You are a germ, speedster stove. You're a fucking germ. So the do you know about the- let's start with the anatomy. Let's start with the anatomy of a chicken wing first because I'm interested in this. Uh, a flat. What the fuck is a flat? Reco. Sure. Okay. So chickens have arms just like us. <laughs> and uh, where the shoulder. Wings. They call wings. Well, wings. I mean, wings. Yeah, we are called wings. Um, where go to a restaurant and ask for the chicken yeah. arms. <laughs> uh, a dozen chicken arms, bitch. Make them spicy. Got, hey, chicken arms. Chickens got legs. They got breasts. They got arms, bitch. Yeah, that's so right. Anyways. <laughs> See that, Jimmy DeResta? You can't do a bit on chicken arms. <laughs> you fucking crazy? Get the fuck out of here. So if you look at your own arm, yeah, where your bicep is, the humerus, that would be the drum or the drumette. To the shoulder. Way. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. and then your forearm would be the flat. Because the flat I got you. is the forearm. The flat has two bones in it, just like your radius and ulna in your, le- in your arm. Yeah. And then the end of the wing usually gets cut off, which would be the, the hand of or your hand. So, so <laughs> the cannibal don't waste hands. your time on the chicken hands. Go yeah. for the forearms nope. and go for yeah. the biceps. That's what – see, speedster <laughs> stoves. Come on. Use your fucking head, dude. It's the chicken hands and arms and forearms. Are you nuts? Got you. Okay. Uh, yeah, come on, man. And then the next question is, do you guys understand the question about the sabatier? You know, a lot of these yes. knives, like sabatiers and where it's like a, it's like an integral knife, but it also has, it's like an integral full tang it's situation. It's a tall bolster. Mm-hmm. It's, a long, it's got a yeah. wide bolster and then that yeah. fucking thing teardrops down to the edge. Go ahead. So I've been dealing with this with my knife sharpening. Uh, and a lot of knives are showing up because uh, that need to be sharpened, but they have that bolster, and that has to be addressed. And the only way to fix it is to grind it. So just fucking grind it. Grind it back. Um, clean it up so it doesn't look like shit, but you just grind it back, and then sharpen the fucking knife and move on. It is, it. A, dumb, it is a dumb part of the knife. Mm, the yeah. termination between that, the teardrop of that yes. bolster to the edge is a dumb it's a dumb situation. It is. No, and I think they wanted – so when it comes to the manufacturing of those knives, there are videos online like on YouTube and stuff on how like a Henkel's or a Wusthof is made. And you can see they're using a drop forge to create these shapes. But the problem is is to 
move or create that area is just it, it's pretty straightforward in the drop forwarding forging but then cleaning it up and trying to maybe remove it or do something less than a full bolster is a fucking huge pain in the ass so they sold it as a benefit but it is not it doesn't benefit the knife at to all have that tall bolster and you'll see that some companies are starting to they'll they'll do the integral and then they'll grind forward of that tall bolster and so the heel of the knife actually starts at where that bolster would transition into the blade mm. um but yeah cuz i mean you almost can't, with that bolster you can't get 17 degree angle at that end not at all and not even close. close yeah i i i mean i've addressed friends knives and re like reground them so that those bolsters are at the right angles. If you do clean them up, you got to make sure that you soften any sharp corners and stuff like that, because the hand mm, is always yeah. right there in contact. Um, but yeah, it's, it's doable. It's tricky sometimes, but it's definitely doable. You think the making it podcast is better than that bit? Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Come on. Show me another podcast and fucking do that. What are you gonna? Who are you gonna talk to that does this? I should kind do of a shit? video on that. Should I do a video on that? How Don't to clean that fucker up. No, put it on your Patreon. Fucking oh. screw them. Get up. Get <laughs> you know, take these motherfuckers to the cleaners. You know, no more freebies. Give them Coolio's free content. my uncle, though. Oh yeah, that is true. <laughs> exactly. And P.S. Yeah. P.S. For everyone. P.S. Our after show, one hundred percent free. It's free. It's part of this show. It's an after show. It is 100% free. It ain't fucking telling. I'm not saying. And to all those podcasters who are fucking quote, quote, you know, I'm putting my air quotes up, saving the good stuff for the after show. We all know. <laughs> You're not. We yeah, all no, know. Not. We all know it ain't getting better, baby. Come on. You ain't getting yeah. any better than that after show that people are paying for. Come on. There you go. Gauntlet's thrown. <laughs> Okay, this is a good time to celebrate about Broadback Grinders. Um, they've been with us for so long, and they're with us because they're, they're awesome. They're makers themselves, um, fantastic grinders. Um, but, guys, you, you tell them all about the grinders that you use every single day. I'm going to be using it at the Maker Camp this week, That's actually. Right. I'm going to be doing tons of grinding demos, S-grind, uh, primary grinding, cleaning up bolsters. I'm going to be doing all of that work on a Broadback uh, and I love the way that they've designed the machine. So it's cross-platform, cross-chassis. Cross so you can get their tool arms and use them on a different machine. Or if you um, you know, if you know, already have tool arms from a different machine, you can put them on the Broadbeck. Um, it's... If you're a Mac user, a Windows user, you can all use it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, but, you know, it's like, what is it? They have so many different tool arms. The bu actually, I was just recently using the buffing arm tool arm, but they have the buffing arm. They got the surface grinder. They got the slack. They got the deep platen. They got all kinds of shit that you know just make that grinder the Swiss Army knife of your shop. Uh, all kinds of shit. All kinds That's of what shit. they've got. They got guys. All kinds, all of, kinds shit. of shit. <laughs> make it, you That's how you get it done. That's how you do an ad read, ladies and germs. They, they paid me extra for that one. Um, so yeah, you got to go get yourself a Broadbeck, go to broadbeckironworks.com. Uh, when you check out, are we still doing the knife talk 100 and knife talk 200? 100 and 200. And 200. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. yeah. So if you type in knife talk two or 100, 
Uh, that'll save you, where's that? Uh, it'll save you $100 off the sharpening system, the surface grinder, and the leather sewing machines. And if you put Knife Talk 200 in, uh, that'll save you on the Max, the Premium, and the Mega packages that they offer. Uh, they're also offering full, fully painted and assembled kits uh, for, for delivery. So go check them out. Again, broadbackironworks.com. They'll take care of you, and uh, you can get to work. You can get back to work because that's what's more important. Yep. All kinds of shit. All <laughs> kinds of <gossip. laughs> and you put in Knife Talk 300, does nothing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, let's go back to a couple of questions then. Um, you, you guys looked on the list. We, again, we've got so many here. Um, it's great. So looked on the list. Anything that jumps out at you? Um, in the meantime, um, I will say Blades by Johnny. Um, hey guys, I have a question for eight inch Damascus chef knife. How thick would you leave the spine after forging with a distal taper? Um, been having a hard time gauging for thickness and forgetting about decarb mm. and it becomes too thin for what I'm aiming for when I get through the decarb. I appreciate the podcast and everything you guys do. Uh, blades by Johnny. Thanks Johnny for, um, he did like everybody else Instagrammed, uh, DM'd us at knife talk podcast. Sure. Um, I would say shooting for around 200 thousandths using a two like a or sorry a quarter inch 250 thousandths whatever quarter inch spacer um when you're drawing your material down will help create a good buffer zone for you after heat treat um sometimes there's there's a little bit of wiggle and and wobble to the blade after forging obviously you do your your best after uh, after at the end of forging to just kind of do some corrective forging and straighten things out but it gives you some margin for not only getting through the decarb but also if you need to make some corrections on straightness you can kind of grind it straight um and you know just with time and experience you can kind of push that farther and farther um but honestly like most of my work is usually around 200 thousandths uh when i finish forging it because uh the I'm I'm a, I'm trying to account for around twenty twenty five thousandths off either side, for a hundred and fifty thousandths thickness from the integral bolster uh, transition to the blade at the thickest point is usually on my knives around a hundred and fifty thousandths, hundred forty thousandths, um, and and that's yeah. Is there like a is there like a other nominational size that? I know it's a made-up number, hundred and fifty thousand. I don't. Jeez, I think now that the the British pound and the dollar are basically the same thing now. You guys might as well just take metric as a as a thing. We Let's do take metric. What do you? We don't. We you ever hear of a three eighths bullet, bitch? I mean, come on, our, all of our bullets are in fucking <laughs> met, millimeters, motherfucker. Coolio sings all about. You think Coolio sings about? Coolio wasn't singing about. He's singing a metric <laughs> with his three eighth Glock. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Julio is singing uh, in the metrics, so come on, don't worry about it. R.I.P. Yeah, so, so about four millimeters. Wow, what's that? Inches? Thick, that's point five seven, hundred and fifty seven point thousand. Five point five point five seven is like half an inch. Is that's five? Sorry, that's five. Point, that's one, six, sorry, seven. Five, seven. Four point millimeters. One is five point, seven is like three eighths. So one. No, it's not. See, three eighths see is how this gets difficult. Three eighths is point one eighth of an inch is point one two five point one five seven is just a fucking just. I almost said the c word, just a little hair over that. <laughs> one point one five seven seven, or about four millimeters, if you want a hard solid number. 
four millimeters. Talk about a beef chief. <laughs> yeah, boy. I mean, point one five. Because I know I buy. I might buy a one three five. One three five. One three one three seven five is three eighths. No. Point one three seven five is is three eighths. No. Point three seven five <laughs> is three eighths. You see the typical. A quarter of an inch yeah. is point two five. Yes, that's right. Okay. An eighth of an inch is point one two five. Right. Okay. So point one five seven is just over an eighth of an inch. That's all I wanted. That's what I said like a minute <laughs> no, ago. No, you said like 200,000 millionths and all that, all that stuff. I wanted a little over an eighth. That's all. That would have been perfect. A little over an eighth. 3.30 seconds. I'm with you. No, that's that's a little under an eighth. No, it's about 5.30 seconds. Oh, let's move seconds. on. Jesus Christ. <laughs> 5.30 seconds. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Christ, these numbers. 30 seconds. Makes me want to. Jeez, Louise. Guys, pick a question, then we'll move on. Um, All right, I got one from 118Blades. He says, hey, guys, I've seen Jeff make uh, some friction folders. I would like to peen over the pins uh, on both sides. Should I counters- countersink the holes in the handle or leave it squared and peen over the pin? A uh, couple things. Yes. One is the countersinking, the countersinking is I don't countersink. And I don't hot rivet. Somebody asked me if I hot rivet. I don't heat the rivets up because what you don't want is you don't want the inside of the rivet to distort. Because right. unlike, you know, pair for a pair of tongs, you 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 know, you put a hot rivet in, you hammer it down, then you put it back in the forge, and then you condition the rivet. You don't want to condition the rivet on a friction folder because there's no way to condition it. Once you smush it in, it's it's you ain't, you're, you got it stuck. I do not countersink uh, rivets. And a lot of it's because I need to be able to make sure these fucking things move. And I want to make sure that I don't want to, I don't need to get it in there. I want to go over, I go over the washer. I want to go over the washers. I don't need to go inside. So the answer is no, I do not countersink anything. I take burrs off, but I don't take, I don't countersink. Right. So you're mostly, you're keeping it square and then you just kind of flare that pin over. Right. To be a, become a cap. Exactly. Exactly. Hmm. Okay. What was the other thing? You said there's a couple of things. Uh, I said them both. Don't hot rivet it, and uh, you know, no, no countersinking, because you don't want to get okay. you don't want to get bound up. Because if it, then you're leaving too much, because then a lot of times what you're doing is you're leaving too much rivet sticking out, and then when it goes in, maybe you might compress the whole thing a little bit. More. I got a follow up question for you. Go ahead. How much material on either side are you accounting for for your pin so that when you dome it over, it looks right? I, well, like a good, good question, good question, because it depends. Like sometimes recently I've been, uh, filing down the rivets and I don't get too crazy about the rivets. Uh, I usually have at least an eighth of an inch out. Mm. That's, you don't need a lot. I mean, these are little guys. You don't need a whole sure. lot of like about an eighth. Um, I try to, I, if what happens is if it's, if it's like a 16th or something, you just get a little bit of that material over and it really isn't doing much. You know, it's just like, kind of like, you know, this like little, yeah, it's not really a, much of a rivet end. It's just this <laughs> pathetic little like it's like an eagle shit. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like this kind of pathetic little squirrel of you know nothing. So more is better. And then when you rivet it, don't just hit the edges, hit the middle, and then once it flares, then you kind of like peen it down. But like yeah, probably like about an eighth, maybe three sixteenths, something like that. Hmm. Wow. Okay. Cool. Morocco, it's up to you. Last question of the evening. Well, I already asked a question. Okay. 
Here comes oh, from Naren McDonald. Naren McDonald says, Hey, I know Maker Camp is less than two weeks away, and I'm wondering if you guys have any advice for first-time Maker Camp attendees who are planning on camping. Any food options on the site? Uh, things to make slash bring for Maker Swap? Thanks. Naren's going to see us at... Naren, we're going to see you at Maker's Camp this year. You're going to see me and Mareko. Craig is going to be not there. Mm. Um... They have food on the premises. I know that they have a little kind of like a cafe, a cafeteria where they serve meals and you can buy meals there. I know that they have like a little bar area where they also serve like hot dogs and hamburgers and sandwiches. Um, If you're camping, it never hurts to bring your own food. I mean, if you want to eat something special, feel free. They do have food on the premises. They have, if you're driving, especially, you can probably go somewhere to get something to eat there's a very famous place that if you're a jimmy deresta fan called the milk run and that's where we usually go to get like bacon egg and cheeses in the morning um not too far from right around the corner from where uh jimmy lives and uh, that's like you know they all talk about the milk run it's fine it, i mean you know it's like a gas station that they serve coffee and you can get a bacon egg and cheese um mm. In terms of uh, in terms of what to bring for Maker Swap, I mean, people are bringing some nice stuff. I, uh, I know that Leah Arapach is bringing some stuff, and uh, she's bringing something beautiful. She brought something real nice um, last year, and people are bringing whatever they want to bring. So I would just go to have a good time, and uh, it'll be nice to meet you. Nice. nice. Okay. Cool. I think that's a show. One hour, 33, three minutes. <laughs> One hour, 33 minutes of quality entertainment. Um, I think it's time for our free after show. Welcome back. See? Back. And we'll get better. Whew. It's we'll free. <laughs> this, is the best, this is the best bit. Free eh? and we'll okay. get better. Well, Craig, yeah. what yeah. were you and I were talking about before Mareka came on that we said, let's save it for the after show? It was about. I don't know. It was something. It was something funny. Oh, it was about Peloton and gymnasiums. What? Yes, yes. So I, I mentioned to you that again, we've had the conversation in the house about maybe getting one, and we've looked again. They're still not shipping to France, which is a real pain. So we're thinking, you know, do we sign up to a gym again? And I've done that in the past, and basically, you know. It's an expensive shower, basically. Um, you know, you sign up for you, you sign up for a year. You maybe go once, take a shower, and that's pretty much it. Um, so we won't be. But you were saying you've got a few stories of them. I used to go. <laughs> of gyms. I used to go to the New York Sports Club, and it was a nice, respectable gym in New York City. And it was like I would go before work, and they had showers, and they had steam rooms, and they had a weight room, and 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 I've always liked treadmills, so I would do the treadmill, and I would do some things, and then. I felt good about working out before I went to work. And then I noticed there were some guys who every time I was down the locker room changing, they would be, you know, in good shape with their leg up with nothing, you know, you know, wiping down their body with like (laughs) towels with like half a heart on and like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and I would be like, and I would be like, what the? Fu-? At first, I was like, Jesus Christ, what the fucking? I didn't know this was like 
bring your fucking pet to work day with like guys got a got an anaconda ferret hanging. I'm like Jesus. I mean, it's like oh my. I mean, when did you see a dude with a big dick? It's always weird, and it's always just like. What the fuck do I need this for? You know, it's just like <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Have a little bit of like, you know, and then and then I was like, I was like yeah, something. I mean, just like you know, put the just, snapping turtle away. I mean, it was like I mean, it was like fucking baby's arm hanging from his waist. It was just ridiculous. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it's just like God. And then all of a sudden, I went back, and then the next time, same guy, same position, uh. and then he's like shaved in this, like he's got the. Like, He's like his pubic hair is shaved like a triangle. And I'm like, what the fuck is going oh, on? You're picking Jeez. up a lot of details. And I'm, well, I mean, it was hard not to. The guy's <laughs> how got long this ago was this? How, how do you still have this, this memory? Was, so how can you not, Polaroid dude, how do you not have this memory? How do you not have this memory? This dude was like, he had like a Freddie Mercury mustache. And oh, he was nice. like, he was standing there with his leg up and this big old dong hanging down. He was just rubbing, he's stroking it. And I was oh, just, I was geez. like, fuck it. And I, I was so dim. I was just like, this fucking dude with his big dick is just like rubbing up on the gym. <laughs> so I came home and I told my wife, and I was just like, yeah, you don't understand. She become a member straight away. <laughs> hey. So he says, so she says, so so, so I said, hell, what is going on? I'm in this gym, and this guy is like, he's got his leg up, and he's got his dick hanging out. And she's like, he's trying to pick up guys. I'm like, what? Like, yeah. She's like, yeah, dummy. He's trying to, that's what happens in gyms in, in lower Manhattan. They're trying to pick up dudes. And I was like, you're fucking kidding me. And I was like, she's like, no, dummy. That's exactly what, the, and she wasn't calling me dummy, but I was just like, and I was just like dumbfounded. I was like, well, I can't go to this gym anymore. She goes, yeah. Well, I mean, or you just kind of, you know, avert your eyes or just don't go home with them for Christ's sake. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then I was just like, all right. So then went back and then there was a note on the door. They had, they had, ejected there so many people were upset that this dude was like scrubbing his dick that they like complained and they f- kicked him out and then they wow. wrote this note saying there is no you know behavior in this gym and this is not this type of place and i was just like i was like oh they clean house some people got sick of the dude stroking himself and i was just like wow. i'm tired of i'm tired of the gym i don't want this i don't need this in my life anymore anyway but i mean mm. it was like that was the last time i went to a, i paid for a gym was it the East Jeez. East Village Dangler? Not at East. It was. <laughs> it was uh, I'll That's tell the you what it episode, was. by the way. I'll tell you what where it was. It was down by. Oh, I mean, I mean that's going to be, be talk about a beef chief. <laughs> I mean, can't. But it's. But it. But it's. I mean, it was down by uh, uh, Gracie. It was down by uh, the Brooklyn Bridge, and it was like really gross. So wow. But that reminds me of a scene in, I mean, we normally talk in, <clears throat> in the after show about things we've seen this week and watched and all the rest of it. Um, I've been watching Dharma. Dharma. The, the Jeffrey Dharma oh, thing. Um, you on are it's dark such a ghoul. as hell. You are such a ghoul. It's dark. But um, there is a scene in it with the gym and, yeah. That, that I don't want that shit in my life. I mean, that's one of the reasons why Peloton's so great is you don't have to deal with anybody or anything. It's like, yeah. yeah I wake yeah. up at four thirty, get everything squared away. I'm on the bike by six. I'm out. The, I'm out the door by six thirty. It's great. I don't have to no. deal with commuting. I don't have to deal with any of that shit. I don't have to deal with dudes with their fucking dicks hanging out. I mean, that is like <laughs> super duper not interesting at all. Not at all. Maybe, maybe for some people, but yeah. Okay. Well, I'm trying to think. There was something else. There's some other. I don't what do you guys got coming up this week? 
I mean, other than making for me. Oh, I, I, you know what? I, I got it before you guys came here. I had a, a the uh, the feds were here to pick up a sculpture. I'm gonna go to a, I'm gonna oh. go to a, a FBI auction on uh, Monday, and uh, there's I donated a sculpture. I I said last week I shot my mouth off and I was drinking tequila with all these feds, and uh, I made a little sculpture for this uh, auction for the uh, that raises money for the families of fallen uh, federal agents. So I'm going to be going to a, a, this whole Fed event. I'm very—I don't know if I'm excited, but it's just like I can't—I pa- couldn't pass it up. Is it down on Manhattan mm-hmm. Island again? Oh no! Then this oh. isn't this, uh, this is uh, no. The answer is no. This is not in Manhattan. So, uh, but it is again yeah. a golf club, and uh, I'm supposed to wear golf attire. And I said to my friend who's taking me, <laughs> golf attire. I said to my friend who's taking me, <laughs> I said, "What's the dress code?" And he says, "It's golf attire." And I said, "Do you fucking think?" I, he goes, "I said to him, I'm like." Do you think I fucking play golf? I said he goes no, but I bet you play a lot of pocket pool. <laughs> and I said I'm a fucking grandmaster at pocket pool, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> fucking grandmaster, I'm beating all your asses at pocket pool. So Gee, golf so, attire. So what are you wearing? Uh, the khakis, and I'm gonna get some fucking khakis and the sweater shirt. I'm I'm tempted to wear my uh, my Alex Pol, 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 Polo shirt, but I'm probably not. I don't know. I'm not really thinking about. It. Yeah, probably something. Probably something. Mm. But then I got asked to cook dinner for the swim team before the night before a meet. So I have to run home, and I have, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm cooking pasta dinner for 30 girls for uh, before uh, the night before a swim meet. So it was a bolognese, baby. I'm going to do the Craig Lockwood Oh, bolognese. yes. It's the, only, it's the only way. It's the yeah, only way. Gonna do, I'm going to get the Craig Lockwood recipe of bolognese and hopefully not poison yeah, them don't all. put fucking milk no in it. No milk. Everybody with the milk. Oh, oh, boy. You say one thing on this podcast and everyone's sending you messages about fucking milk. No, <laughs> put any milk. Don't put any milk. Good, good. What have you been listening to, watching, reading, what's been going on? What do you got, Mareko? I've been watching uh, After Death. I really, I really like that show. You guys are ghouls. What? Uh, what? I mean, what's after death? What the hell is that? It's the Ricky Gervais. His wife oh. dies. After oh, life. After, oh, sorry. After life. Sorry. 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 Like, oh my god. Yeah. Sorry. After life. Uh, it's yeah, good. it's good, isn't yeah. it? It's good. Also been yes. watching the uh, what is it? The Rings of Power on Prime. Um, and then I gotta get caught up on the new Game of Thrones series with the, uh, what was it the? I don't know. The dragons and shit. <laughs> House of Dragons. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> It's been right. a while since yeah. I've seen the episode, but that's what I, I've been watching. Uh, I went razor clamming yesterday. My mom's in town, and so we went out, and we went digging out at the beach and picked up some clams, and and so we're going to be cooking up pizzas and stuff tonight, uh, maybe do some clams tonight, um, and then I think the only other thing coming up is uh, Josh Smith let it let it loose on Jeff's Full Blast podcast that I'm that we're collaborating together. I helped design some knives for them for the culinary stuff. A year ago, yeah, those knives are getting ready to be released. The first run, the the R and D knives, a very limited batch is going to be dropped uh, next, not this coming week uh, of Maker Camp, but the week after. Um, hmm. And so we're kind of gearing up to for all like kind of the coordinating posts and media and shit and, and and content for for promoting it. So that'll be interesting to see how all that goes. I'm kind of nervous about it, but why are you nervous? He sells everything in two seconds. I I don't know. It's just just damn. That's all. 
Don't be don't be nervous. That's how I always. I mean, I went to that fucking knife show in Nashville, nervous that nothing was gonna fucking sell. That that's outrageous. That's it's I just, mean, that's outrageous. It's just how I am. I don't detect. And then you're banking checks. Banking checks. Yeah. Like, banking yeah, yeah. checks. That's right. <laughs> Beef cheap. Right. With that, let's call it a night. Um, thank you all for listening. Um, I really hate to chip, but I gotta go. I think that's the line. What? Bye for now. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.